Hi, and welcome to the Resilience Podcast. It's Brad Hook, and today I'm joined by Manish Aneja, our managing partner for Southeast Asia. Now, when discussing today's topic, I mentioned it to a few of our team, and they said, yes, yes, this is exactly what we need. And the topic is how to say no rather than yes. How many times do you say yes and then later realize, oh, I wish I had made a different choice. You add to the stress, the anxiety, the tension that you feel by trying to please others. I'm guilty of this. I've done it a lot over the course of my life. I think I'm getting better at it. But today we're going to look at how to say no and hopefully provide you with lots of practical tips. Manish, welcome once again to the Resilience Podcast. Thanks, Brad, for hosting me and uh, really happy to be here and happy to talk about this important topic because a lot of us are struggling with this area and uh, there's not much literature written around this area. So I wanted to bring it to life and get let people get some practical tips to manage their well-being, resilience and and performance. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess starting from a wide perspective, how is saying no actually related to the areas of resilience that we practice and that we teach? Yeah. Uh, what we teach around resilience is uh, for letting people to be at their best. And um, mm. when we are not able to manage what we want to do, what we don't want to do, and take on a lot of things that leads to our brain getting to a not such active, creative state or a reactive state. And uh, in our research or in a resilience spiral, we know the first stage where people are losing their resilience is where their cognitive abilities are not at their best, which is lots of things running around in the head, overwhelmed with hundreds of things, lots of challenges, and they take too much on. And most of the time, people are thinking that it is coming from outside. That is, oh, I'm working in this job. My job, my boss has given me hundreds of things to look at and I'm overwhelmed and I'm burned out. But many people do not realize that that burnout stage or cognitive overload is not only coming from external factors. It is also coming from how I am managing my practices, my habits, how am I saying yes to situation when I don't have to say yes. And we had so many case studies of people who have improved their resilience, even though they have kept the same workload, the same work environment, just by building the capacity for them to take more control of their brain and their emotions. And uh, it is an important topic because when you are able to say no, you're also leading towards assertiveness. Your confidence starts to go up. Your ability to thrive and setting your own priorities starts to take a higher edge, which gets you in spirit in action. It's the higher state of performance. So it has lots of uh, relative factor for resilience as we talk about in our programs and trainings. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What is it about this word, two-letter word, N-O, that makes <laughs> it such a challenge? <laughs> Why do you think we naturally feel resistance when it comes time to, to say no? I think as homo sapiens, if you look at, uh, uh, if you read some literature on how we have survived, one of the key factors for us is to have social acceptance. Now, in the old tribes, if you are not accepted, you're left alone. And if you're left alone, you know, you'll be killed by the, the wild tigers and, and uh, 
and by nature. So we want to be accepted. And uh, that's human nature. We would like to be liked. And I, I can share with you my example. So one of the big factors that why it's very hard for us to say no is because we want to be accepted in the society. And I grew up in a society where uh, I was the youngest of the five kids. So to get acceptance for my elder brothers, elder sisters, I had to be a pleaser, as you can call it, or um, people pleaser. And I would always say, yes, I want to, because I get an appreciation for my parents to be a nice kid. And then I played with friends who were all older to me, and uh, I was not able to win any sports competitions with them or when we play out. But the way I get uh, acknowledgement is being nice, you know, helping them out. And uh, and that people pleasing is one big factor in Asia also, uh, where I work and a lot of our work is, is uh, I want to have empathy, respect, and uh, with that need to be like, need to be associated with with the society, let people take a lot on and cannot say N-O as the word that you use. Can I share two more reasons why people are not able to say no? I would love to hear. Yeah. Uh, one other factor that people are not able to say no is they do not know what they want. And this is an interesting insight we had because when people are able to understand themselves better, when they know what their priorities are, when they know what matters to them in their life, they are much able to be assertive. But a lot of people are just running headless chicken, you know, picking up social media, doing things, and they say, hey, you want to meet up? Yeah, I have, I have nothing to do because I haven't thought about my family, I haven't thought about my sport. So I'll just say, okay, I'll meet up with you, have a drink, or social media, because I don't know what my priorities are. And when I don't know what my priorities are, then Whatever will come, I'll take, right? It's better than nothing. But there's not nothing. There's a cost of what you take on and what you give. And the third factor is we all know about and is, is, uh, is fear of missing out or uh, opportunity lost. And uh, mm -hmm. I want to take it. I want to watch all the podcasts. I want to watch all the drama. Who's Because we feel that, uh, you know, like uh, if I don't do it today, I may lose out the opportunity for learning, for growth, for, for, for being with someone. And, and it is impacting a, a lot of us in this domain, as you would notice, right? Fear of missing out is a huge factor, huge factor. Yeah, it really is, especially when we're constantly fed a stream of things that other people have. Yes. So, you know, there's no limit to what is out there and it's difficult yeah, to filter out the signal from the noise. I suppose mm. something that someone once said to me, a mentor of mine, he said, clarity creates control. And it was exactly around this topic in that if we don't know what we want, well, you're probably going to get something that you don't want. <laughs> you really do know what you want. You can be razor focused on just, you know, excluding the things you don't want from your life. Exactly. Uh, open to change and open to being spontaneous, but at least you can create the right filters. I suppose maybe it's useful to, to share one of my examples. So living in New Zealand at the moment, that yeah. may change soon, uh, I have a lot of late night meetings. It's one of the drawbacks yeah. about being on the edge of the world in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and I used to say yes to requests from my entire global team 
for late night meetings. And as a result, there was a point <laughs> not that long ago, about four months ago, where I was at the bottom of the spiral. I, I, I was exhausted and I was thinking, but I'm exercising, I'm sleeping okay, I'm practicing tactical calm, I'm taking time out, but it was just because you work from morning until 11 p.m. That's not resilient. Wow. And I realized- What was making what, you to say yes? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I realized that people needed my attention to make yeah. decisions. Often I was a bottleneck in you know operations of the business and working across a lot of different client needs as well. And so I would just say, yes, yes, yes. High empathy going, I know that you need me. I want to be there for you. So yes, yes, yes. And then came a point where I realized this is not resilient behavior. We need mm. to practice resilience. And the way to practice resilience for me was actually to say no, but not just a, a hard no. It was let's batch process these meetings. So I'll do meetings on Mondays and Wednesdays and Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays are for me. I actually started off with only Fridays. I, I don't work. And then I brought it to Thursdays and Tuesdays <laughs> wow. at night. Right. And, and people have really respected that. It's only rare when I, uh, wow. you have to do it, but it was compromising also family relationships. You know, my daughter wanting to have a bedtime story and I'm always saying no to her, mm. but not to, these other people so you have to find mm -hmm. a balance yeah i mean i have said yes so many times to networking events and fear of missing out or or opportunity loss oh what if i meet the hr director here or what if i have a new contact just creating stories in my mind of what's possible because i forgot what's important and you raised a very important point brad which is i think the fourth factor which not many people look at we work with a group of healthcare professionals here in Southeast Asia. And a lot of them are struggling, not because it's fear of missing out or being liked, because they have too much of heart for others. And when you give too much of yourself without caring for yourself, you lose out. And it's called empathy fatigue in some literature is when you're giving too much empathy, right? As you said, your team is dependent on you and you are empathetic towards them. But we have to remember that uh, as you hear in the flight, put your own mask on first, because if you're struggling, your team will be struggling as well. So we have to be mindful that, do I have the resources um, to, to give my best to somebody? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So for people who want to start saying no, or want to start building their assertiveness, mm -hmm. what's a really practical method to build this skill? Do you have some tips for us? I thought a lot about it and uh, I realized the first perspective people need to really understand is A, my priorities. If I have a clear priorities for myself, what matters to me, and I have implemented in my own life, like I said, I would go out with friends and I, because I want to have a great social network, great health, and I want to learn a lot of things and I do podcast here and do training. I can't do everything. But then I realized that at this point in time in COVID, the three things that matters to me is my family, my health, because I really want to work on my health and do something creative, which is around my work area. Friends is number four. Now, when somebody says you want to go out on Friday and I would always say yes, but when I realized the three priorities are so important for me, it helped me to made a real distinction that this is not an important thing. I could rather go to the gym. I can go play tennis. 
because I want to engage with these three priorities. I may get engaged with something else next year because maybe things are better in these first three domains and I can take more on and my capacity will improve. Uh, so that's number number one. And we talk about in a resilience program about spirit in action. Have a clarity of your values. Have a clarity of your purpose. Have a clarity of what matters to you. And when people have a real clarity of that, the other things, small things do not matter. The second thing to start off with is to be to understand the concept of bandwidth. When we think about bandwidth, we usually stuck with time. And leaders who we work with in the office, they think, oh, in my calendar, I have this space available, Manish. Maybe we can do a call at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock or 9 p.m. because it's free and I want to be nice. And I have this calendar time available. But we forget the second factor of bandwidth, which is energy. Will I have the energy or will I have my capacity, physical, emotional, mental capacity to serve the person, to be fully present to that individual? And when I started to distinguish these two factors, okay, I have the time, but do I have my energy to give full focus? Maybe not. Maybe I can take a call at that time, 9 p.m. for a U.S. Uh, coaching session. I have the time. I may be able to tick box, but will I be at my best? <laughs> and uh, I think this... Starting two points helped me to really realize that uh, a lot can be done in this area. And we haven't even, that was just touching the surface. So I told you that I was starting from a people pleaser space. And when I had a clarity of this, this extinction of my three priorities per year, and they may change also about um, what is my bandwidth. And I started giving myself a number, time, one to 10, energy, one to 10. And people don't realize that when I give too much of my time, my energy will deplete and my ability, as we know in resilience, tomorrow, day after, in the evening will be totally gone for more important things that you want to do. Absolutely. Yeah, I think those are such good points. First, know yourself. What are your values? Let them mm -hmm. guide your decision making and then be aware of your bandwidth. I love the idea of energy and time you know, helping you uh, evaluate how much bandwidth will you have if you say yes. But sometimes we also jump to yes on autopilot without ever thinking of what the repercussions might be. Isn't mm. that interesting how we've just habituated ourselves to this quick answer of yes. And I was thinking even at school, most of school is uh a structure where by we are taught to say yes and comply yeah, yeah. Uh, you resist and say no at school you know there's going to be trouble so we're actually taught this so what, what can we do about that about that tendency of us just to jump on autopilot to yes uh, to and, no sorry and uh, yes. <laughs> yes you're absolutely <laughs> right and we have been taught i mean in an environment my parents want me to say yes my society want me to say yes i want to please everyone i want to be acknowledged i want to be liked and when i have grown up with this what you repeatedly do what you repeatedly think becomes your habit and mm -hmm. when you're repeatedly doing something from a habit you don't even notice that i'm doing saying yes and then when things go happen, we get in the reactive state. Oh my God, I shouldn't have done it. Why did I take it on so much? Or why did I say yes to my friend when I didn't want to do? So I reflected a bit on this, top, on this area around where is it coming from? Where is this yes coming from? The yes is coming from my, let's call it the emotional center, where I just say yes without even thinking. So that means if I have to take better choices about saying no, I need my PFC, my prefrontal cortex to be more active. 
That means I need to take that same practice we do uh, in a resilience institute, tactical calm, to get connected to my prefrontal cortex. Yeah. Mm. Now we talked about what matters to me. In that moment, when somebody is asking you, um, do, do you want to come for an evening uh, meeting? And we say yes. Before that, we can do our calm practice, you know, take four seconds in, six seconds out, the breathing practice we we all have we talked about in a practical resilience series. And I'm sure people can find a lot of resources on a podcast around this topic is to make sure you are not you're giving yourself a few seconds pause. Let's call it this way. The second thing is rather than thinking about what are my priorities, you just give yourself a, a, a gauge, short term versus long term. Will this help me in the long term? Will this help me in the long term? So one question that has helped me to get out of the reactive state, to get my prefrontal cortex open a few seconds breath and asking my question, will this help me in the long term? And when I had asked myself that question, it became really clear for me that this is an emotion risk, emotional response. So it could be Netflix drama. I can't say no. Will it help me in the long term? No, tomorrow will be depleted. I can say no to it. And... Um, I want to say yes to a networking event. Will it help me in the long term? No. Sometimes yes, then I can make a decision. The other question that I ask is, do I have the bandwidth on both these areas in my energy and my time? And if both all of them are lining up, yes, 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 go for it. And uh, the more you practice, the more your ability to make conscious choices because your wise brain, your prefrontal cortex is more active, you would be able to say no. Now, it won't be an easy practice as Brad, you and I know, right? It was such a hard step. So you will, as all of the listeners who are in the podcast, we will fail. We will fail. It will not be easy in the first time you say, oh, I said no to my boss. It will be impossible because the trigger is too high. The connection, the my need to be liked and my need to support my team is too high. So what we need to do is to see when did I get reactive? When did I get reactive? And I said, yes. And you'd notice your thoughts because when there's a, when you do something that you don't want from your emotional center, your wise brain is active, right? Afterwards and says something went wrong. So there are a few characters that may come up. One is a person who is guilty. So notice that guilt voice that comes in your mind and say, oh, I shouldn't have done it. I have a sense of regret. Uh, or a warrior person who says, what if I have said now, how will I handle this? The more you start to get insight from that reaction, next time your ability to not jump onto yes will be easier. The problem is we don't pause even after the situation. You said yes, and you don't learn from your experience because a wise mind brain, wise brain, not mind, man, wise brain learn from insights and insights happen through reflection of the experiences that I had. So I, two things before, and one thing, especially when you're starting off the journey, what was the thought? Was there any sense of regret? Was there any sense of guilt that I went through after saying yes? Why did it happen? And when you build that insight, next time your brain will say, oh, you will feel guilty about it. Just be mindful of this. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So it's that awareness of, of what I'm doing. And it, and it occurred to me that sometimes we just jump to yes out of that place of fear it's almost an amygdala response to avoid conflict it's yes kind of exactly like, well if, if i say no right now i'm leading myself into the you know into war uh, but yeah. actually it's just creating some space and practice 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 and i'm sure there's lots of different ways to say no you don't it mm -hmm. doesn't have to be an outright you know no never you can always compromise as well 
Yeah, exactly. And we are not saying you have to be a difficult person to work with. You have to start with to understand what my boundaries are. Because the people who have the highest level of respect are the one who knows their boundaries. If you have no boundaries for yourself, you will never get the uh, support from your team. People know he's this guy who is always yes, yes, yes. Then your yes has no value. Your no has no value. And it's important for us to really build that up. And as you said, start small. Start small mm -hmm. could be, okay, I, my, let's say having a boss asking for a request would be a very challenging one. Or your family member, because family are also, we are connected with to say no to your sister, your brother on their needs is hard to stay. Start with small things. Start with a gadget, your phone. Can I say no to notification? Can I say no to my Netflix drama when the 10 seconds starts to come through? Can I say no to a waiter who asked me for desserts? Can I say no to my, my perhaps my partner to say, hey, do you want to have some ice cream afterwards? You know, all those things will build your awareness. So you just be aware of it, taking a few breaths. What is it? Is it helping me in the long term? Do I have the bandwidth for energy and, and time for that? It'll help you to, to make that happen. And I did this practice four or five years back People will call me and say, hey, do you want to leave a feedback for our call? And I say, oh, I'm a helping person, but I, I'm, I'm running late for something else. You know? mm -hmm. So I said, no, I don't want to leave a feedback after your restaurant because I, I just want to practice now. Exactly. And it's also, it burns your bandwidth. It fills your bandwidth. You're, you have less energy for what you really value. So I love that idea of starting small and actually thinking about I never thought about turning off notifications as a form of saying no, or even just creating some boundaries and how I work through the day, not multitasking. That's a form of saying no. It's, you know, yeah. I'm not going to jump from task to task to task. All the things which are in my 100% control, you start with that. Switching mm -hmm. off your laptop is a practice to say no. And I can, okay, if you want to start to build no, let's say you send a WhatsApp message to somebody. And you start to build that resilience to say no, even if it's double tick for 10 minutes, make it 20 minutes, make it 30 minutes, then your confidence, your assertiveness to handle that emotional drama, seeing the guilt coming, seeing all those challenges running in my head. What is he thinking? He has seen my double ticks. Oh my God, breathe in, breathe out right now. Everything is in your control. Yeah. You know what I mean? So starting from yeah. there would, in, would help. Yeah. What's your uh, thoughts right now in your mind, Brad? Definitely, definitely. So what are some, some practical tips you can share for workplace resilience? Yeah, workplace resilience. Tell me more. Um, so, you know, when we think about the different workplace areas of well-being and you talked about starting small, but, mm -hmm. you know, how can we actually say no in this context, you know, in terms of... Work. of how it affects our physical, emotional, mental fitness. Ah, interesting. Yes. And also our work is in the area of work uh, related uh, workplace resilience. So I can start with the starting point and a few steps. The first point is for you, as we talked about awareness, is to know that a lot of people who work in workplace are really nice people. And the people who are not mm -hmm. able to say no are nice people. Generally, that's my overall statistics, even though it's not validated by some data, most of them are nice people. When I'm a nice person, I'm on the edge of, let's say there's a spectrum. I'm on one edge of being a kind and nice person. 
And when I'm coaching some individuals, they think in their head that if I am assertive, which is in the middle range, number five, so let's say one is I'm a kind, assertive is five, and 10 is aggressive. And maybe they had some traumas, maybe they have some uh, bad association with people who are aggressive. So when a nice worker says no to somebody, in their head, they think I'm getting aggressive. Number 10, they feel straight away jump from one to think I'm becoming a 10 person. And I challenge them. I invite them to put that spectrum. Am I? Think of the person they respect the most, who is assertive. Is this response as good as this person at number five or you are at number seven if you are going to reply like that? 99% of the time, I heard it's number three. They're not even assertive to that level. They think a person is assertive, but they think in the head, I'm aggressive because I don't want to be associated with aggressive person. So invitation to start with those nice people is that to know your spectrum. Okay. And assertive me looks like when I'm able to confidently say with a breathing out without disrespectful and aggressive is something else. Have a clear picture of an assertive person of you and an aggressive person of you. When you have the clarity, you know you're not reaching even the aggressive, sorry, at the assertive level. And when you have that insight, you can take a nudge forward. You can take a nudge forward. You can take a nudge forward. And it invites them to have much more awareness of what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I doing? The second, if if that's, does it make sense to you, Brad? Very, makes a lot of sense, yes. And the second step is if somebody is asking me something, we need to calm ourselves down. When some boss is asking me some request, and rather than saying no, you can find time by building the habit of appreciating somebody. Now, gratitude is a great practice that increases your emotional center calmness. Your amygdala calms down, your PFC opens up, your heart center opens up, a lot of your parasympathetic nervous system is on. So you can build that practice. Anytime somebody will ask me, I'm going to open my heart and I'm going to be fully thankful to that individual. Hey, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Thank you for thinking about me. Thank you for really asking me to join the meeting at 10 p.m. Thank you for um, inviting me to that session. Now, when you open that up, the other person, his empathy centers are also on. Now, I am opening up my heart. I am sharing from my heart that I'm really thankful. It helps you to bring both of us in the same of resonance. And now your ability to state your needs are much higher. The third step is for you to look at what is what is I'm going to sacrifice. So when you have a clarity, if somebody is asking me, do this, invite them to be aware of your boss. Like if I have to do this project, something will go. And the more clear you are of what you're going to sacrifice, the more easy it would be for you to say no. So the second step would be, okay, I'm appreciating, I'm, I'm, I'm thanking my boss. I'm saying, okay, boss, if I'll take on this project, you know, the quality of the project that you gave me last week will suffer because I don't have the bandwidth. The third step is, which was really an eye-opener for me, is as a person who cannot say no, is to find alternative. I've seen it in my whole life. If somebody says, you want to come at eight o'clock meeting? Yes, sir. Not even thinking there could be an option. For two years in my life as a business development person, people say, "Do you, can you send me the proposal by next Friday? Oh, by this Friday? I say, yes. I didn't even ask them, do you really need it by this Friday? And then I followed up for two weeks. They hadn't even opened my email. 
And I realized on one incident, I worked all evening to send something out because they wanted it by Friday. And two weeks later, there was no response. So I, I messaged that person. Hey, oh, I haven't even seen. I said, you asked me to send it by Friday. Oh, I just wanted to be fully prepared. So that opened my mind that whose fault is it? It's not his or her fault. It is my fault that I did not understand the need and the deadline. Now, we can find alternatives by many questions, just by asking a simple question to my boss. Is there anybody else who can do that job? Is there any other time that we can do that meeting? When do you expect that proposal? What is the final deadline that you need it a must go? What is a good timeline? We don't even go to that conversation. By the time you made some inquisitive inquiry, your ability to find choices are much more. You'll say, Matthew, Mark, Brad can join this meeting. Adrian can join this meeting. Manish can join this meeting. Can you record this session? I'll give my input later. Can I join for half an hour, not for the whole hour? There are hundreds of choices available. The point is, when I say yes, I have gone away from those choices. And these three first steps, you're not haven't said no yet. You're just exploring. This will suffer. I will be able to, there are other alternatives. And uh, these are, but... The last one, as you build your assertiveness in this step, don't start straight away. And uh, the fourth one would be, you make things visible, what's important to you. Like people know you as a person who cares about the family. People know that you have to go at four, four o'clock to take care of your daughter. People know that you cannot do two times without tennis because your productivity decreases. You don't play tennis one day, you say, oh, you know what? Four to six, I have a game booked. And when you make things more visible to others, they know that this person actually cares about the other domains of his life. And people respect it. A lot of the bosses, people I work with, even if they have to say no, they'll never say that I'm going for a walk. It's important for me. Because there's no, I have another meeting. Sorry, I can't join you. We make excuses, which is not what we want to do. We want to be integral to what we stand for. So say, okay, playing tennis is fundamental for me. 5 to 7 p.m. is the evening time I spend with my family. Sorry, I can't take this call. Or sleep is important for me and I really get to bed at 9. I would not be able to reply back to you after 9 p.m. So when you are making things visible of what your priorities are, people respect you much more. And then, of course, you can start saying no at lower level to your colleagues, to people who are subordinates to you, and then start with your bosses and build your assertiveness. We haven't even talked about physiology. Yeah. And physiology is a great factor, like how your shoulders are, how you're keeping yourself up when you are saying no is when your whole center is shaken, like your neck is down, you're depressed, your diaphragm is compressed, your ability to say no would be much harder. And so regularly practice, if your assertiveness is low, um, straighten your back, lengthen your yeah. spine. You're mm -hmm. sitting on your shoulders, making sure that my ability to not being assertive is because I'm a nice person is I'm just generally leaning in. Take a picture, ask your wife to take a picture of you. One month today and take one month later on a regular standing posture. Huge difference. People who change their posture from a leaning forward, because if I'm a very kind person, usually I lean forward. My shoulders will bend down. My neck will come down. Smile will be more. A simple practice to say, I'm going to smile less. If I want to build my assertiveness to say, no, I'm going to smile less. Huge difference. Because if I'm always smiling, I want to please people. Okay, why am I smiling so much? Because I want people to like me then I can start with that physiological changes, not even going into the real action. I can start with that small gift that I have with me. And I made that starting that small change, huge difference, huge difference, just by reducing the amount of smile and noticing how many times I smile in a meeting. The higher the authority, the more I smile. And I said, that's not working. 
And when I know more about somatics in the coaching practice, in physiology, and you know, um, it's it's a huge factor. So we can go on a lot on that and uh, how it opens up your brain centers. Hope mm -hmm. that was uh, useful tips for people uh, at workplace. That was incredible, Manish. I really, I really enjoyed that appreciation, sacrifice, uh, finding an alternative. That visibility, I think the visibility is such a good one. You know, making it known what supports you, where the boundaries are, what's really important. And it links back to that values uh, conversation that we had. You know, just if you're clear about it, then you can express it and, and, mm. and help people understand why this is so important. And even just a simple hack, you know, mm. a power pose plus not smiling all the time can, can help. I never thought of that. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's, uh, and I have applied all of these practices in my own life. So I thought it will be a good uh, things to share because a lot of people are struggling with burnout. Not the burnout is not because I challenge those listeners who are here. Burnout is self-dependent. It's not from external factors. You handle your cognitive capacities, your emotional, your spiritual capacities, your ability to thrive will be much more. But the point mm -hmm. is how much I take on is also a factor of me. Oh, if I say things, then people will make me, uh, they will ask me to go outside the job. Okay, what have you tried to be more assertive? Nothing. For the last 10 years, I've been like this. I'm the nicest person. I get most of the thing given to me. Most of the people who are being assertive, they get less. Why, do, why does a nice person get lots filled in? They're played. You just check. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. they can't say no. Because they can't say no. That's exactly right. I think it can probably, it, it can and will transform your life, being able to yeah. create some boundaries and increase assertiveness. Uh, it's a practice. And as you said, start small, start with what you already do and then experiment. And, and as always, be ready to fail. It's not going to work perfectly first time, but that's the journey of resilience and the journey of life, right? Absolutely. Start small. Mm -hmm. Habits takes a long time. And this factor uh, can change your life, but it really takes time to develop. As you know, in your own life, it took me many years. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it can really help to shape up your better life. Mm, if you set boundaries. You, thank you for sharing these tips today. I'm sure it will add a lot of value to people out there who are sitting in a position similar to where we were once upon a time and who are looking to make some change, to prioritize themselves, to say yes to what's important to them. That's uh, basically what you're doing when you say no to, to other, to other yeah. questions and challenges and requests. Any final words before we, we finish off? Um, nothing. I think I said all the things. Just to say is we don't want to make you a, diff a bad person. It's also okay to say no. It's also okay to say yes when you need to. Just know that how it serves you for the long term serves your bandwidth. We're inviting you to take a step a bit forward to what working, what's working for you rather than making you a, a difficult person to be with. You know, So be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the scale idea as well because my version of outright hostility mm. might just be somewhere in the middle for exactly for it's a really interesting idea of giving yourself a rating on that scale and maybe getting someone to 
to buddy up with you as we do in our training you know find someone and and play around yeah. with a safe connection because you can really discover oh that's not aggressive that's yes. just being um, assertive and, and stating what you need wonderful conversation thanks manish anyone out there who is looking for an absolutely amazing facilitator consultant manish is your person <laughs> I, um, I can't wait to co-facilitate again with you one day but that's it for the podcast today thank you manish and everyone out there there will be links in the show notes to connect with us thanks brad see you, see you everyone my pleasure